right? And I told you this story, how I had these gift cards and I couldn't figure out how to use them online. So I had to go to the box office and they helped me. And we got, got to see the movie for free. I only tell you that because this just happened again. We had these old, old gift cards. In this case, they were AMC theaters, Gold Pass or something. And I'm like, well, these still work. We went to the theater. I couldn't do it online. I didn't even try. But we show up, and she looks at them. She's like, oh, uh, I need to go in the back on these. So she disappears for a long time. I'm like, these aren't going to work. She came out with actual movie tickets. And again, I got to see movies, went to the movies for free, me and my wife. I'm already looking forward to the next time I preach here because somehow it always works out. I get to go to the movies for free. In this case, we saw Jesus Revolution. What a great movie. If you haven't seen it, I just want to encourage you to go. I I mean, what a work God did. I mean, it became a worldwide movement of just reaching people for Jesus, late 60s, and it, and it starts right here in Costa Mesa, all the little places on earth God could pick, and he picks our town of Costa Mesa to launch what became a worldwide movement of people uh, finding faith in Jesus through uh, you know, Calvary Chapel, Chuck Smith, and, and Greg Laurie and that story. Great movie, and I encourage you. You want to be just encouraged in your faith, uh, I encourage you to go see that. So... Got to see that and just kind of lit a fire in me again about just the joy of the Lord and what he does, how he changes lives and how good we are to know him. We're looking at a passage today, and this was assigned to me by Pastor Mike, and we're in this kind of legacy series, and um, we're looking at Luke chapter 5, 12 to 16. And this is really an up and down passage. And I say that because it just starts great. It's up. It's wonderful what we see, what we hear about. And it's like, wow, Jesus, you're so good. It starts really up. But then it kind of settles from there. Kind of takes a weird turn after this amazing miracle and what Jesus does. And I think it's in that, in both cases, the really good that we see and then also kind of the not so good. There's something we can learn and take to heart. And so I'm I'm glad to talk about this passage and and see what we can discover. My title is Faith. If you have an outline or if there's something you can look at, maybe it's online. But my my title is Faith and Obedience because we need both. Faith is what draws us to the Lord. But after we come to him and we see the work he does, how he changes us, how he helps us, out of that there's a call for obedience, how we respond to what he has done. And it's in the obedience part that this this person struggles. We're gonna see that in a minute. But both are essential. We wanna have a legacy. We wanna impact people long after we're gone. It's the faith that draws us to Jesus. And it's the obedience that follows. Both are essential, absolutely essential. And we're gonna see that here in this passage. Now I'm gonna begin just in Luke 5. I'm gonna read just the first part of verse 12. And this is talking about Jesus. It says, while he was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy. Let me just pause there. I could could read full of leprosy, full of pain, full of suffering, full of misery. And just last time I spoke, I actually spoke on here a passage that involved uh, lepers. So some of this is a review, but leprosy was such a wicked and horrible disease in those days for a few reasons. And let me just give you that really quick. First of all, there's the obvious physical suffering that they went through. 
they would watch their bodies decline and decay. They would see their limbs no longer function as they used to. It was a horrible, horrible physical disease. Without the modern medicines we have today, they suffered so greatly when they had leprosy. Along with the physical suffering was all kinds of other aspects of suffering. They were lonely. They couldn't be with their family and friends. They had to live outside the village. So all those normal relationships weren't active like they wanted them to be because they were cast out. There was also a sense of guilt. It was a stigma. It was considered proof. If you had leprosy, that was proof you were the worst of sinners. And God was judging you. So there's more going on here. And they drew from, the reason they believe that is from Miriam. And uh, we read about this in Numbers 12 when she rebels against Moses, her brother. And God judges her with leprosy. Her skin turns white and uh, it's, it's a judgment on her. And so when people saw those with leprosy, it was, ah, you've rebelled against God. You've brought this on yourself. And so with all of that then came this sense of discouragement and shame because you would be carrying this around and people would look at you and they would stare or shout or they would even scream out, get away. There was a harshness that they received. You know, it's weird, isn't it? We think of the opposite. You see someone who's got a physical ailment of some kind and your heart is drawn to be compassionate. If you see them and they have a physical need and, and you kind of gather around, how can I help you? And, and you, you, insi- you assist in some way because your heart goes out to them. This was the exact opposite. In fact, some rabbis like to brag about how harsh they were to those with leprosy because they truly believed they had sinned against God and deserved harsh treatment. And one rabbi talked about how he would refuse to buy any food or, or do any business on a street if he just saw someone with leprosy on that street. Another rabbi wrote about how he would throw stones at lepers. He would see them and, and literally cast stones at them. So they suffered greatly. And I want you to appreciate that as we get into this passage, because I think it gives a sense of how much Jesus did for this person and uh, the great relief it brought. There was no way of hiding it. I recently, uh, just from being, I guess you could say, irresponsible out in the sun over the years, I go to the dermatologist often, and they prescribe things to help and do the kind of the precancerous treatment, preventative, and one of those things is a topical solution. And so this last three, four weeks, I was using it on my, uh, on my uh, temples, and if you've ever used this, this topical treatment, it just really attacks unhealthy skin. It's a great thing, but it's not pleasant at all because your skin turns bright red and then it scabs and it looks horrible and it feels horrible. So when I was outside or I'd go to the store or anything, I was so insecure and self-conscious because people would look at me like, what is wrong with your face? I know they might think that anyway, but this was, this was even worse than normal, okay? It was horrible. In fact, my neighbor, and he was a ways off, he sees me, and he sees all the red and everything, and he's like, what happened? And my wife's name is Lee. He's like, did Lee, you know, knock some sense into you? Like, what happened to you? I'm like, no, no. It's, and I explained to him what I had gone through. That was just a couple of weeks. But I was self-conscious, and I was miserable, and I thought about it when I went out in public. And now I read about a leper who, who was it weeks, months, years, 
of just suffering. And everywhere he went, this is how he was identified. And that sort of gives us a sense of the groundwork of what uh, is happening or, or, or sets the scene. There came a man full of leprosy. But now I want you to listen to what happens there and how he responds to Jesus. He's not bitter. He's not angry. He's not, if you're Lord, prove it. If you're the Son of God, none of that. Listen to how he responds to Jesus. There came a man full of leprosy, and when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. And he charged him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priests and make an offering for your cleansing, as Moses commanded for a proof to them. But now even more, the report about him went abroad, and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. But he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. Jesus would withdraw and pray. Let's pray now. Heavenly Father, thank you for this story, for this great work that Jesus did healing this leper. Lord, I pray we can learn from this. It happened long ago, but there's current application for each of us. And I pray we would receive it. So please open our hearts to the scripture. Guide us and, and reveal to us what you would have. And help us to apply, help us to look for ways that we can take these words and act upon them. I thank you, Lord, for your truth for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I want to just sort of break down this passage with quotes. If you have the outline, there's three points I want us to look at. And the first phrase I want us to take to heart and learn from is this statement, Lord, if you will. I said this passage is an interesting story because of the up and down. It starts really up. It starts in a wonderful way. Everything about how this man approaches Jesus, what he says, what he does, is fantastic. And it tells us that the first thing, even before he says, Lord, if you will, it says, he fell on his face. Now, there's two other accounts of this story. One's in Matthew, one's in Mark. In the Matthew account, it says that he dropped to his knees. So we get the visual of this man as he approaches Jesus. He drops to his knees, and then from there, he literally falls down on his face. This is such an act of reverence and respect and showing just how much he is lifting up Jesus above himself. Rarely do we fall to our knees when we have a request. Perhaps some of you men, when you proposed, you dropped to your knees and you proposed. That might have been the last time you did that when you had a request. I intended to do that. It didn't work out that way with my wife. We were out on the beach. I was going to drop to my knee. It was so cold and miserable that I said, hey, you want to just go back in the car? And so it's hard to kneel when you're sitting in a car. It kind of fell apart. She said yes, so I don't want to give you the wrong impression. It worked out in the end. But this idea of to your knees and then falling all the way down is a way that we can physically show humility and we can sort of honor and lift up another. 
And that's what this man does when he approaches Jesus. He has the physical posture. And then it says he fell on his face, and it says he begged him. He didn't demand. He wasn't guarded. He wasn't making some sort of strong statement that he somehow deserved this from Jesus. He really, in a broken, heartfelt way, is simply pleading before the Lord. And then he says, the first thing he says is Lord. Sometimes that word is used for God himself. He uses a title that shows great honor and respect and trust. And then he adds, if you will, you can make me clean. There is such faith in that statement. He knows Jesus has the power to completely reverse a physical ailment that nothing else can heal or change. But Jesus, with just his will, can make it go away and heal him. That's incredible faith. And, and you can see he brings it to Jesus and Jesus honors it. But there's something in that we all need to take to heart, to have that kind of faith, a humble faith, where Jesus is lifted up as a sovereign Lord. This man had a turning point. Sometime before Jesus arrived in his village, he heard about Jesus. He heard about this healer, this man who was working miracles, bringing truth. He heard about Jesus. At that point, he had a decision to make, didn't he? He could either ignore him or he could go to him. And as we tell from the story, he went to him. He didn't ignore it. He received it, and he asked for help. He tried. He sought out Jesus. And that's the first challenge I want us all to take to heart. We need to go to Jesus. Every time something comes up, big or small, way bigger than us, or maybe insignificant, we have to ask ourselves, am I handling it like this leper? Am I going to Jesus with this? Do I have a humble heart that is lifting him up as Lord and just a faith that says, if you will, And just knowing he can take care of it completely and totally. There's a faith that draws this man to Jesus, and it is honored. I like Hebrews 4.16. It says, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That passage speaks of Jesus now exalted, lifted up on the throne He is the great high priest, and it's saying, let's go to him with confidence, not in ourselves, but in him as our Lord, confident that he can respond and will out of his great love for us. What needs to change for you to bring your burdens to Jesus like the leper brought his? There's one thing we read about in the New Testament is people are constantly coming to Jesus, aren't they? The rich, the poor, men and women, the lowliest of people, those in in, uh, exalted or high places, Jews and Gentiles, even children, Roman centurions, tax collectors, Pharisees. It is amazing when you read the Gospels, it's just one person after the next coming to Jesus. May we be among them. May we always be the first just to go to Jesus with our burdens, our struggles, and our problems. 
and with the heart of worship to lift him up. And maybe right now there's something going on and it's like you've been wrestling with it and you're overthinking it as you process it. And you're expecting or anticipating how it's going to work out, how you want it to work out. And you think of all the scenarios, everything you need to do, because that's the way our minds go. But if we're not careful, we can do that again and again, almost ad nauseum, and when we really should have just brought it to Jesus. Jesus, am I thinking right about this? I've got these solutions in mind, but Lord, help me to back up and start with you and just say, Lord, if you will, you can resolve this according to your will. And by faith, just fully bring ourselves to him with a heart that is just yielded like this leper on his knees, just falling down, lifting up Jesus. And I love the surrender I see in him and the faith as he brings it to him. So that's the first challenge I want to give you from, from that first statement. Now, let's go to point number two and see how Jesus responds. And I, I've taken this phrase where Jesus simply says, I will be clean. That's the heart of our Lord. He says, I will be clean. And I love what Jesus does even before he says that. It says that he reached out and he touched him. What a statement of compassion. I mean, this is big. In those days, you do not touch a leper. That's the one thing you do not do. Because you will get the, it's, it's infectious, you will get it. And you will be rendered unclean. And when you think about it, and you think about all the ways Jesus healed people, lots of times he didn't touch them. Right? He would just say it. And sometimes they weren't close to him. In other cases, he would just declare it. But, but he didn't always touch them. He could even just have his will be that they get cleansed, and they would be. But Jesus had a way of doing what was needed most. And he looked at this man, and the Mark reading says that he was moved with compassion. You think of how long since that leper had looked at a face of another man, especially a religious leader, and seen compassion. But he sees it in Jesus. And that compassion leads Jesus to reach out and put his hand on him. And we don't know if he touched his, his, the top of his head, maybe his shoulder, maybe just if his hands were there, he put his hand on his hands. We, we don't know in what way Jesus showed that affection. But he did it very deliberately because he knew that would be a way to show just this love and this concern for this man. I remember reading a story. It was a story years ago, and it was a widow who was, loved going to church because she had, of course, lost her husband for some time ago. And the one time in her week when she would just get some physical affection was in church. And it just meant so much for her just to get a hug and just to get a hand on the back or a handshake because it, it was something she didn't get any other way. But in church, there's just the love of the church family was there for her. And I remember that story kind of hitting me because it, it spoke to me on just how important it is for us to have appropriate just physical touch that we're wired in a way to, that, that that's meaningful for us. God's created a need for that in us. And uh, 
this leper didn't have it at all for however long. But it all changed in this moment. And it starts with Jesus. And he knows the need. And so he reaches out and he just touches him. Didn't have to, but he did. And then he makes this amazing statement, I will be clean. And if we can just picture what it was like for that leper, because it says immediately. Was there a tingling in his skin? You think of when you've had the worst headache or the worst sore pain, and when that starts to subside, and that's what must have happened here as, this, as his skin starts to just heal right before his eyes. And looking down at limbs that didn't work or were so damaged they were hardly functional, covered with leprosy, and seeing that go away and strength return, and mobility, and his skin be healed. And and it all takes place immediately simply with the touch and the words of Jesus where he says, I will be clean. He gives him not just clean flesh, but he gives him his life back because now he can return to be with family and with friends. The isolation will be over, and he can now celebrate the life that he has known. Instead of unclean, he is clean. And it goes from Jesus to this man because by faith he believed Jesus could do it. And that's the heart of our Lord. I like John six thirty seven. It says, all the Father gives me will come to me and whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. And then Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come to me all who labor and who are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Jesus gives rest, he gives relief, a lifting, a removing of the anxiousness, stress, exhaustion. There is a peace he lives with us and he fills us. And I want us to hear this because we know lots of times we pray for things and Jesus does not remove the physical malady. And that's sometimes the way it does work out. And I can't preach on this without at least acknowledging the example when the Apostle Paul cries out for healing. And you may remember it. He says he prayed three times crying out that that Jesus would take a thorn away, a thorn in the flesh away from the Apostle Paul. The response Jesus gave was this. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So what happened there? The healing came in a sense, not of the thorn in the flesh, but something even greater. Jesus empowered the apostle Paul so he could preach. He could write almost half the New Testament. He could travel. He could witness. He could do great things for the Lord, even with that thorn in his flesh. Jesus did empower him and did show up in a huge way. As he came to Jesus, Jesus responded, not specifically how he had asked, but in a way even greater. And that's our Lord. And I encourage you, go to Jesus and watch how he responds. When I was preparing uh, this message, and I'm reading over this story, there was a part of me, honestly, that it was like, how, how, you know, last time I preached here, I preached on 10 lepers. Why does Mike want me to preach on this passage? Like, like the leper guy or something. I, and, and honestly, I was, I was struggling a little. But that's when I started just with me. And I was convicted. And I'm like, why haven't I gone to Jesus? 
And it's like everything changed. I just started praying. And I just lifted this up to the Lord. Instead of just that closed in, it's all right here. It, it's, Lord, what are you doing? And I'm telling you, it changed everything. I started reading this passage, and there's insights, and there's challenges, and there's things. And it's like, I want to talk about God's word. I want to share this story with you. And everything changed in that moment because instead of just here, I took it to the Lord. I was willing to go to him. And he responded, and he always will. And I, I hope you come out of, from this just like, I got to just go to Jesus on my knees and bring him my burden. So we see this moment of healing. He's told, I will be clean. The leprosy leaves him. And he probably just sprung to his feet, and he's ready to go. But Jesus now gave him some direction. And that gets to the third point. And he charged him. There's a few things about this charge he gives this now healed leper. The first thing is, tell no one. In the Mark reading, it says, he gives him a strong warning. Do not tell anyone. This isn't a casual, hey, you know, if you can kind of keep this on the lowdown, you know, I understand you can tell some people, but no, it's a strong warning. Tell no one. You say, well, why not? Jesus knew how people were. And he wanted to continue to go from village to village and minister to people in a way that allowed him just to connect with people versus such huge mobs and crowds that Jesus could hardly go anywhere without just a giant mob scene and crowd control. Jesus knew that that, that would happen. And so he's like, don't tell anyone He wanted that to just remain with the man so he could continue his ministry. He didn't do so well with that, but that's what Jesus says as the first sort of charge or challenge. The next thing he says is, go to the priest. Why them? A few reasons. One, Jesus wanted to show a high regard for the law. Jesus always treated all of the Bible as true. Old Testament, everything he shared, it was God's word. And in the Old Testament, the law of Moses, it said that when a leper was cleaned of leprosy, you go to the priest. Because the priest is the one who declared you had leprosy and had to be outside the camp. The priest would be the one who declared you're clean and you can come on home. So Jesus is showing a real high regard for the law, like this is what it says to do, and you need to do this. But there was a little more going on. He also said, bring an offering. Again, a high regard for what the law says. And that offering started with two birds, then on the eighth day, two male lambs without defect, and one ewe. Then there would be flour and oil as part of the offering in either the synagogue or the temple. And in doing all of this process, again, it shows a regard for God's word that we need to obey it. It would also bless and help the priest and his family because they'd have these lambs that then would be offered as sacrifice and they could eat and they would have that for themselves. So there was all this that would come out of it in a real high regard for the scripture. But there's one more thing, and this is what's interesting. They truly believed that only the Messiah would be able to heal a Jew of leprosy. So Jesus was serving notice that as the Messiah, he had arrived. 
And that was in a way maybe the most important reason to go to the priest. So these men of God who were teaching the scripture, leading others to faith, could understand the Messiah has come because of this miracle that had been performed. And and, and in that announcement, there was some beautiful symbolism that was taking place. If you go back to the Old Testament, there was a point where Naaman, who was... uh, he came from Syria. He, went, he came to the king, uh, Jehoram, because he had leprosy, and he wanted to be healed. And this is how Jehoram responds. He says, am I God to kill and make alive that this man sends a man to heal him of leprosy? Here's the point. They believe leprosy was almost equivalent to uh, a death sentence. And so they believed that if you could heal someone from leprosy, you could raise someone from the dead. It was that big. Now think about Jesus. What did he do on the third day? He rose from the dead. This was a way of sending notice, preparing hearts. Jesus, the Lamb of God, when he announced his cleansing from leprosy, he would offer a lamb. So there's all this beautiful symbolism that is tied into it that would serve notice to the priests and others that the Messiah has come. But as we know, unfortunately, this leper didn't do those things. We have no indication that he ever offered the sacrifices or even went to the priest. Instead, it tells us in the Gospel of Mark, same story, that he just spread it to everyone that Jesus had healed him. And so we end up with where I started. It's a wonderful story, but there's a little sadness in it too. That he had such great faith, but the obedience didn't follow. And I want to ask you this. Is there an area where you've come to Jesus by faith? He's saved you. He's done a great work in your life. And now as a result, he sent you out with a charge of your own. And what area is he asking obedience of you? And I have to wrestle with that too. What is he asking of me? We've got to look at this leper's story and say, Lord, am I like that? Have I just been on the receiving end? But when you send me out with some responsibility, I kind of don't really follow through. I want to do my own thing. We need to wrestle with it and say, Lord, let me be faithful to whatever you've asked me to do. Here's another thing I want us to take to heart. And this is really important. Jesus sent him out after this miracle with a message about himself. But he wanted to direct that message to the priest in particular, not to everyone. In other words, Jesus was sending him to some people and not other people. But he was sending him to people, just not everyone. And I feel like for each of us, we need to wrestle with that too. Lord, who are you sending me to with the message about you? Who do you want me to share with? It can't be everyone. There's billions of people on this earth. It can't be everyone, but it's someone. Jesus, who are you asking me to go tell about you? This leper was sent out with the message, 
and we are too. I like Acts 1.8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. I talked to you at the start about that movie, Jesus Revolution. And it was wonderful. And part of what made it so great was seeing Pastor Chuck wrestle with his call. Because he's in a little church this size. And he's got a little congregation. And these hippies are showing up with their bare feet and unkept and long hair. And there's tension. And his elders and there's people like, we're not called to them. And he's like, well, why not? And just seeing him wrestle with that and this little church wrestle with it and him push through that, though, and say, yes, we are. And to go with them, to go with the gospel and see how God honored that. And think how much different it would have been if he said no, if he just refused. Because they didn't wear that bare feet and long hair. But he didn't say no. And God used that to reach the world. I mean, it's just an amazing story. And, and so Jesus is sending us out, even this leper. Don't go there, but I need you to go over there. And there's a sense of discerning that. And I think we each need to. Each day, Lord, who is it? Who are you sending me to? Not everyone, but someone. Who is it, Lord? I want to be faithful. As you've saved me, you've done a great work in my life. Your grace, your love. And I want to share with others who you are, Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this passage of Scripture. I thank you just for what you did, Jesus. This leper who came with a humble heart, and you healed him. And thank you, Jesus, that by your love, your sacrifice on the cross, paying for our sins, you defeated death and rose on the third day that any who believe in you will have forgiveness and eternal life. Thank you for being present and near. And we just worship and praise you as our Lord and our Savior. May we always come to you and may we bring others too, Lord, knowing there's no better place than to be at your feet, just worshiping and trusting and obeying. We ask all this in Jesus' name.